Welcome to the 62nd episode of It Wasn't Me, a true crime podcast where we discuss murders that intrigue us. I am Cindy. And I'm Mercedes. Thanks for listening to last week's episode when I wrapped up the series on the Speed Freak Killers. Our show is often horrifying and graphic, and we will use offensive language. So if you have kids, put them away for a while and join us for a murder. Also, we are passionate and always have been about true crime, but I must warn you, sometimes we will make jokes and we will laugh during this podcast. Want to learn more about us? Visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com to find links to our social media pages. We drop a new episode every Friday morning. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you don't miss out. Also, thanks for listening. And if you are even slightly entertained by our Southern charm, leave us a five-star rating along with a comment. If not, reach out to us and let us know how we can improve. Also, spread the word and recommend our podcast to your friends, family, and even your enemies. Yes, please do. I'm back. Yay, I missed you so much last week. Oh, yeah. I was getting I was super busy with bleacher ass. Yeah. Um yeah. and probably COVID. <laughs> yeah, those COVID, what COVID country, but hey. yeah. Well, you know, but it, you know, there was a I mean, they made everybody wear their mask and they were like really um kept coming by and they were like, Well, if you are with your family, you don't have to social distance. And so we had our mask on, but we didn't have our mask on because we were with, you know, everybody said, well, and I finally said to the guy, the security guy, I was like, I thought that if we were social distancing from other people and he was like, um, hello. I'm like, um, hello. They're all in my hotel room. <laughs> I'm like, so, so he was like, if you want to move forward a couple of rows, no one will mess with you. So I was just like, okay, man. But I did, because it was the state wrestling tournament. There was, um, let me tell you, there were, I saw tears of joy and tears of absolute devastation. It was, oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, these yeah. grown men, I mean, they look like grown men, you know, crying in the arms of their moms and dads when they, you know, they're seniors and they, this is their last, that was it, you know? Yep. It'll be their glory days. Yeah. Yeah. So how are you doing? I'm good. I'm just going through the motions every day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Doing well. So, uh, yeah. What are we doing this week? We, I have a, I have a different one for week. Okay. So I've been wanting to cover something a little different for a while. Right. So after the Netflix released um, a series called The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. So I settled on the Cecil Hotel because there's all kind of crazy shit that happens there. Um, but I purposely didn't watch the series and, and I still haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet either because I knew you were going to do it. So I didn't want that tainting my. Yes. And I'm sure it's very thorough Netflix series, but I think it is mainly about this. I mean, they touch base on, you know, all of the crazy things that have happened there, but I think mainly it's about the um, recently, I mean, in the last few years, a person went, was went missing and then found dead later. Oh, okay. But I oh. do talk about her at the end, towards the end of the podcast. Okay. And I did start to list, I attempt to listen to a podcast episode that covered the Cecil Hotel. It's called Let's Talk About the Facts, but I did not finish. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So I want to start with a little bit of background concerning the hotel before telling you all about the horrific atrocities that happened there. All right. So the Cecil Hotel known today as Stay on Main is located in downtown Los Angeles. The hotel opened on December 20th, can 1924. I, can I ask you a quick question? So it's, so for some reason, why am I thinking Cecil? Because we talked about whether you say Cecil or and Cecil. you did say that. And then, I, okay. Yeah. 
All right. So we're going to say Cecil. Okay. I'm good. Yes. I have Cecil in my head when I read it, but I don't know why I think that that's because why. I was asking you because okay. I heard somebody else say, I've always heard Cecil, but then I was okay. watching a TV show where the person there, well, this is Cecil. And I was like, well, I wonder how you say it. But when you watch the any type, like anything that I've listened to or even watched, it's Cecil. So most people say Cecil. Yes. Right. I guess okay. unless, you're, unless your name is Cecil. <laughs> well, I have an aunt, Cecilia. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm going with Cecil okay, Hotel. Cecil. I'll go with Cecil. I'm good with that. Sorry. Nope, that's okay. All right. So the Cecil Hotel is known today as the Stay on Main. It's located in downtown Los Angeles. The hotel opened December 20th, 1924. Originally, it was open, and I saw a couple of different articles that kind of went back and forth on this. So I just kind of added them all together. The hotel originally opened for international businessmen social elites and even the middle class i read two different like articles or blog something that one said middle class one said the social elites and international business so i'm just putting them all together okay but eventually it became a budget hotel hostel and even rooming house during the depression Mm. i've never stayed in hostels but apparently we still have them in this country well i know that they're in europe all over the place because i considered staying in one yeah, see, I don't know. That I don't, you know what? I think that a friend of mine stayed in a hostel in New York. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty Probably. sure she did. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it's kind of like like a boarding house type thing, right? Would it be? It is. It's kind of like you pay for a bed, you know, you share a shower. It's not pay for a room. It's more like pay for a bed. It's usually like in a bigger room. There are a few bunks. Some of them are co-ed. Some of them are just female. Um, I'm going to go with no, never. I, it's definitely not me. I did consider it when I was in college, when I wanted to go to Europe, you know, I was going to backpack through Europe that never happened, but it was a dream. <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to do that and I'll still take a backpack, but it's not going to be in, ho- I will not stay in hostels. This time. <laughs> yeah. I'm older now. I'm older. I want more luxury. Definitely. All right. So it is located slap dab in the middle of LA's Skid Row. So you know what Skid Row is. Skid Row, yeah. I mean, I'm guessing that's like bad part of town. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you don't know what Skid Row is and you've never heard of Skid Row, um, I would suggest Googling. I am going to Google it. Yeah. But what I will say is that when it was built, that was a nice part of town and it's done like cities do th- forever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like where like the homeless population. Don't they usually go like a lot of those areas, those older downtown areas that went to Skid Row, sometimes those, um, what are those, what do they call when they renovate them all and they revive that part of the city? God, the word is eluding me. Sorry. Historic? No, I'll figure it out. So Skid Row is, is where there's a huge homeless population. All right. So the, um, the Cecil has one hell of a reputation going back almost to the begin since its opening. There have been um, 16 sudden or unexplained deaths that occurred in or around the hotel among visitors and of the unpleasant kind. Um, more on that later. So are you ready to hear more? Yes. Okay. Here we go. So they, do have, they have some unpleasant visitors. Well, I think that I did see a, a segment on 60 Minutes or one of those about Skid Row, the homeless problem in that area. Yeah. yeah. Remember the 80s yeah. hair band? Yes. Yeah. And then there's Skid Row Records. Isn't that, is that rap? Yeah, that's Death Row Records. Oh, yeah. I know, Jack. <laughs> <Not rap. laughs> I am definitely not a rapper or a rap. 
I mean, I like some rap, but I'm definitely not really, that's <laughs> not my thing, but you're, you like rap. Well, that's more your generation, right? Yeah. I mean, some like older, it's older now, not this crap. That my generation rap was like old school rap, like Run when DMC. it first came out, <laughs> you know, like Run DMC, man. Okay. So the first documented tragic event that took place was on January 22nd, 1927. So not, I mean, within a first three years mm-hmm. of being open. And this was with the suicide of P- Percy Ormond. Just had a pop-up on my screen, pardon me. Uh, Percy Ormond Cook, age 52. Cook shot himself in the head while inside his hotel room after failing to reconcile with his wife and child. Mm-hmm. Although the LA Times reported that he was rushed to, a receive, to the receiving hospital with a slim chance of survival, death records indicate that he died on the same night. I wonder if he was a veteran. Um, it did not say, but there are a few veterans that we talk about. All right. Uh, he actually was a real estate agent. I do tell you that. So um, Cook reportedly left a note in which he had spent $40,000 in the previous six months in an attempt to buy happiness to buy happiness after separating from his wife. He had been a successful real estate, um, it's a dealer, but, and I, when I typed in dealer, Google changed it to agent. <laughs> so real estate agent dealer How in Providence. How they do that? So Providence, Rhode words. Island. <laughs> change my so, words unless I misspell it. Right. And so he is far from home if he's, you know, from Rhode Island. The note stated that he was tired of brooding over his loneliness and suicide was the only remedy. The note also stated that he had written a letter to his wife telling her of his plan um, but apparently it took him over a week to like work up the courage to kill mm. himself. So again, in, um, 1927, the attention was on the doorstep of the Cecil when John Croner was arrested in his room at the Cecil for stealing a diamond hairpin from the Roslyn hotel. This news was far tame, was rather tame comparison to what happened. So I'm just kind of giving you the rundown of all the just crazy things that have happened in this one building. Okay. I'm intrigued. So on November 14th, 1931, W.K. Norton, age 46, was reported missing. However, the search would come to an end on November 19th when a maid at the Cecil found a man dead in one of their rooms. Norton had checked into the hotel under the name James Willies from Chicago, and it was determined that he had only been deceased a few hours when the maid found him. The authorities found poison capsules in his pockets, and it's just assumed that he consume them and die by suicide wow that's and let me tell you the job as a maid at this place no there's not enough money okay well i have a couple of things here so i don't know what i was gonna say anyway go ahead it wouldn't be long before the maids or a maid stumbled across another gruesome finding a maid by the name of carrie brown found the body of 25 year old benjamin um dodick dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound Police reported that there wasn't a suicide note left behind, and the reason for the suicide was never discovered. Dodick had only been checked in for a couple of hours before he was found by Miss Brown. I mean, it would be something if they were all staying in the same room. I know, right? 
So, and I did find like all the news articles for each one of these. And really the news articles were not very long. They're just like a little snippet. Oh, a murder at the Cecil. Right. Because that's what you would have at any place, you know, body found in, um, at the Holiday Inn. Do they mm-hmm. even have this anymore? Yeah. Not everything was in the media. They didn't like lay all the facts out for right. you, if that's what yeah. you call them. But all right. So this place is a magnet for just. I'm just curious if other hotels have that kind of history i mean i guess they probably find dead people in hotels all the time i mean obviously this this hotel has more meaning or more because it's it's featured in a series well and and some and it's just like so many gruesome things kind of happen like in a very short amount of time so um i wonder what kind of like rooms they i mean if it's on skid row they're probably flop you could probably rent the room by the hour. Well, they do have very cheap rooms. And I did see a little bit of that series, just like the first episode when uh-huh. I said, oh, I think I'm going to do this. And I turned it off that, I mean, you can go to their website and it looks beautiful and it looks all this, like just these high ceilings and chandeliers and it just looks beautiful. But then the, the people in the series were talking about that when you went in your room, it opened up to like 1984 oh. and you're really small and they're not this right. beautiful grand hotel. And you're like, oh, wow, it's so pretty. And then you get your room and you're like, oh, wow. It's, mm. and the guy, I remember the guy saying that like when he would walk across the floor, his shoes would almost stick to the carpet. Okay, that's gross. <laughs> so okay, yes. thank you. Yeah. I was no. like, and I'm out. Okay. So July of 1934, an army veteran or a former army medical corps, <sighs> Sergeant Lewis D. Borden, 54, was found dead in his room at the Cecil. He had slashed his throat with his razor. He did leave several notes, one of which cited poor health for their, his reason for suit. And then one note asked that a Miss Edna Hans- Hastener of Edmonds, Washington, the sole beneficiary of what little I have, be notified. Oh my God, poor guy. And I found like his um, grave but it said he was married to somebody else. So I don't know, but sometimes those uh, find a grave sites have misinformation. Well, that doesn't mean that that woman is his wife. No. I mean, they only have the same last name. Mm-mm, but Might it was saying like his wife was, the wife was like from Montana, oh. died in Montana, but they're both listed as his. I mean, medical corps, you know, he's like a corpsman. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, he's seen some gross, gruesome things. Well, in 54 in 1934, so I did a little digging, and that's like the um, Spanish-American War. That's the end. I mean, like he would have, I mean. The end of World War One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I, I thought about all that, and I started to put it all in here, and I was like, no, I'm just going to. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> no, but I was on the same, same with you. Mm-hmm. So these poor maids, like I said, I don't think I would ever work here. In March of 1937, a Grace Magro fell from the ninth window. A ninth fall, window? Yeah, the ninth floor window, sorry. Oh, okay. Her fall was broken by, a tele, by telephone wires, which were wrapped around her body. Ooh. She later died at the new, now demolished Georgia Street Receiving Hospital. So she was caught up in it. Ugh. God, police were unable to determine whether Magro's death was a result of suicide or accident or suicide. But at the time of her death, she did have a companion in her room with her. A sailor for the U.S. Navy, M.W. Madison, 
26. He was asleep at the time and could not offer a reason for suicide or murder. The manager of the hotel was was able to corroborate his story. I don't know how, but yeah, he was asleep. I can, I can, I can vouch for that. Maybe well, I mean, if they came to his house, came to the room and when they knocked on the door, you know, it looked like he just got out of bed. Yeah. I guess I could say whatever. Yeah. All right. A little less than a year later, in January of 1938, a U.S. Marine Corps fireman. Now, when I say fireman, you know, that's not like a fireman we think of today. The fi- there were the people at the bottom of the ship. Like my grandfather was a fireman. Uh, on the ship? Yeah. They're okay. like, so. They're putting the coal and the fire in the, mm-hmm. yeah. Fireman Roy Thompson, 35, jumped from the Cecil's 14th story and Jesus, was found. Hotel is not even 14 years old yet. I know. So, and was found on the skylight of a neighboring building oh by God. a hotel employee. He had been staying at the Cecil for several weeks. So I wrote here, this is really turning into a little Hotel California. You can check out anytime, but you can never leave. <laughs> so um, now I'm also thinking, where people when I mean, where people like looking for a place to end their misery, like, where can I go? Where can I go? Well, that place seems to be a popular place to go kill yourself. Or, I mean, are they just stumbling upon this place? Or was there some sort of like attraction to this hotel? So, yeah. I mean, this looks like a lot of, there must be a base or something. Well, I don't know. Why are all these military men there? Well, um, yeah, I mean, San Diego's, I guess not. It's not super close. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's at least... That's a couple hours. Like, yeah, that's, really that's what I was going to say. I didn't go to LA when I went to San Diego, but I know it was farther away, mm-hmm. but within, you know. Well, when Jonathan was in at Camp Pendleton, we were going to go see his uncle on a Redondo Beach, which is kind of outside north of LA, I think. And it was only going to be like a four hour drive, I believe. I was flying into LA. Just, I'm just curious. I'll look it up. Okay. I'm going to see. So... In May of 1939, naval officer Erwin C. Neplet, 39, was found unconscious in his room after ingesting poison. Neplet, or Neblet, who was a U.S. Navy radioman second class, which I don't know what that means, died shortly after he was discovered from strychnine poisoning. Inside his room, police found a sealed letter addressed to Dr. D.C. Neblet of Staten Island. Police did not open the letter, but sent it along with his body to the mortuary in Long Beach. Um, and he was later buried in Tennessee. Wow. I can't believe they didn't open it. They would totally open that shit to me. I mean, what I'm thinking is men don't typically take poison. Right. It's the second guy there who's mm-hmm. died of poison. Yeah. So for it a little bit longer, um, on the 11th of January, 19. 19- 40, a teacher, Dorothy Seeger, I found two different spellings for her. She was 45, was uh, found having ingested poison. The LA Times reported her to be near death, but Dorothy did pass away the next day and was interned at Evergreen Memorial Park and Mausoleum in Riverside, California. I tried to find some information on her by looking mm-hmm. for her, but I could not find her in that um i did a google search or i did a search and i went to the actually went to that website the evergreen memorial mausoleum and searched mm-hmm. for her but she didn't come up well i mean this was back in 1940 did they mm-hmm. go back that far yeah i would assume so if she was still there yep. well i mean maybe they haven't just uh put that stuff digital yet 
Maybe. Well, in September of 1944, a pregnant Dorothy Jean Purcell, 19, was sharing a room with her 38-year-old boyfriend, mm-hmm. Ben Levine. Was he Percy- married? I don't know. Percy went into labor and went into another bathroom on the same floor as she did not want to wake her boyfriend. Um, I read that she was unaware that of being pregnant as well. Mm-hmm. She gave birth to a baby boy, but claimed that she thought the baby was stillborn. So she threw him out the window where he landed on the roof of the adjacent building. Purcell was charged with murder, but psychiatrists testified that she was mentally confused. And in January, 1945, she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. I mean, some of these could actually be episodes in themselves. If you could find information. If you could find the information, right. I did not get super deep in a lot of the information because there was Uh so much because I just wanted to go over like. I wonder, is that what the, is that what the Netflix series does or is it just one case? Um, I am thinking it's just, they give a little of the background of everything, but it's really about this one case. Okay. That I do get into. Okay. Later on. So in January of 1947, Elizabeth Short, AKA the Black Dahlia reportedly stayed at the hotel just before her violent murder in January, 1947, which still is unsolved. Several people claim to have seen her at the bar before her death, although this has never been proven. Okay. In addition to being completely cut in half at the waist later on and having Mm -hmm. her intestines removed, Short's mouth had been slashed ear to ear, giving her face the ghastly semi-smiley appearance known as the Glasgow smile. You know, when they take the razor and they like, almost like the Joker. Yes. I'm so serious. And then, yeah. Her body was also washed clean before it left to be, before, before it was left in a park, which is now a sidewalk, like in a neighborhood, which (laughs) which is not very far from the Cecil. So despite um, severe mutilation. There was no blood at the scene, leading people to believe that the killer um, conclude that the young woman had been murdered elsewhere, drained her blood, cleaned up, and then the, they dumped her body. Ooh. So. Oh, could she have died there? Well, murder- well they would have the found body is the one of the thing. I think, I do believe that they know who killed her. They just could never prove it. And it was. Um, is it a doctor? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I've, I've read that or seen a documentary or something. Yes. And one of his son, I mean, and his son, the doctor's son is actually, um, I Facebook friended him just to see, and he accepted it. He actually is the one that has been investigating it, right? Yes. He's a retired LA detective. All right. So I know the story, but it's been a while. So yeah. Mm. And there was a show, um, not too long ago about um that might be what i saw i don't think i read anything it had chris pine in it i think it was chris pine where he played played like a news reporter and um what is the oh god what's the doctor what's his name oh my god i can't think of his name it starts with an h it's gonna drive me crazy but yeah anyway moving right along maybe my did it move yeah November 1947, Robert Smith, 35, died after jumping from one of the, the Cecil Hotel, they say that she might have been there, but she's also seen at the Biltmore Hotel, too. I think that that was like a more accurate okay. um, thing. And I'm trying to, it's driving me crazy. I'm trying to look to see who it is that it starts with an H. I'll look it up if you want to keep going. 
okay. The guy's name is Steve now, like the detective's name is Steve. And he was like kind of like a doctor to the stars. He was like, he worked for the city, but then he like did. Dr. Hill Hodell. Hodell, yes. Yeah, Dr. Hodell. And he kind of was a, um, he went to court because he supposedly like sexually abused his daughter, like a bunch of crazy shit. I mean, he was a freaking weirdo for sure. October 22nd, 1954, Helen Gurney, 55, jumped from the window of her seventh floor room and landed on the Cecil's marquee on the business, on a very busy Main Street. So it's like on Main Street. One week prior, she had registered at the hotel under the name Margaret Brown. She drew a crowd of hundreds of bystanders as firemen attempted to retrieve her body. One witness was hospitalized due to witnessing her death and became- Oh my God. Yeah. February 11th, 1962. Wait, I'm trying to picture this. If you landed on a marquee from a seventh floor. It's like a sign. Yeah. I mean, did she get like electrocuted and all that? I don't know. Or she just landed on top of it and then they had to go with there and get her because she's like. So on February 11th, 1962, Julia Frances Sloan Moore, 50, jumped from the window of her eighth floor room and landed in a second story interior light well. Yeah. She did not leave a suicide note. Among her possessions were a bus ticket to Saint, from St. Louis, 59 cents and change, an Illinois bank book showing a balance of $1,800, which was like over $15,000 $15, today. Papers with two different addresses in St. Louis was also found in her purse. So a few months later, October 12th, 1962, Pauline Otten, 27, jumped from the window of her ninth floor room her estranged husband dewey and his wife had turned up at his place of business am i reading that right her estranged husband dewey said i left out a word <laughs> said his wife had turned up at his place of work earlier in the day wanting to reconcile um he said he took her to the hotel to discuss it when he left the room pauline jumped out the window and she landed on a pedestrian killing him okay so George Gianni, 65, and they both died instantly. That kind of sucks. Like, yeah. Timber, I mean, just like, I don't know where, watch it. <laughs> However, investigators determined that Gianni had his hands in his pockets. So that's how they knew that he didn't jump and his shoes were still on. They confirmed that if he had jumped, his shoes would have been knocked off upon impact. I don't want to know how they know that information, like how they figured that out. Well, they might be like loafers or, you know, like Italian loafers or something. Yeah. Bianini. He was, yeah, he was Italian. So Pigeon Goldie is our next resident. All right. Pigeon Goldie was a popular six-year resident at the hotel. She was well-known around the area and earned her nickname because she fed birds in the nearby square. Is that Pershing? Pershing, Pershing Square? square. Mm -hmm, I've heard. On, ja on January 4th, 1964. June 4th. Oh. On June 4th. June 4th. 1964, a hotel worker discovered Pigeon Goldie dead in her room. She Aww. was strangled, raped, stabbed, <sighs> and beaten, and her room was completely ransacked. Her L.A. Dodgers cap, which she always wore, was found next to her body and paper in a paper sack full of birdseed. A hotel worker discovered her, um, and she was actually a retired telephone operator. So, And they don't really know like how she ended up like living there, coming to live there but that she was there for a long time there was pictures of her and all sorts of things Aww. 
So the investigator said the crime may have been committed by the same man who murdered another woman, uh, Viva Brown, 50, of Oakland, in a nearby hotel. So you asked about other hotels. Mm-hmm. They experienced this. So a nearby hotel, this other person was, mar- was married, was murdered on May 16th. The two murders were linked after an autopsy showed that the two victims had been killed and assaulted in the same manner. Hours after her murder, Jacques Ellinger, Ellinger was seen walking through Pershing Square with blood all over his clothing, like bloodstained clothing. He was arrested and charged with, her, with Pigeon Goldie's murder, but was later cleared of the crime. Wow. Police said that he admitted to knowing uh, Pigeon Goldie and that had been in the vicinity at the, time, vicinity at the time of the murder, but he denied any knowledge of the murder and eventually was released without ever being charged and that murder remains unsolved today wow so again exactly why goldie moved into the hotel years after years i'm so intrigued by her yeah so after like you know she was a retired you know like probably like a nine or not nine would have that probably information type phone operator Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't uncommon for the elderly to move into these type of places because they were so cheap to live. And what, because at the point, this point, this hotel is what, 40, 50 years old. Yeah. And so it's probably outdated. Mm, Yeah. Well, and the pensions were small. Saving money at this time was extremely difficult. And and Goldie's earnings probably would have never been sufficient to ever buy a home. Mm -hmm. And without a husband and family, Goldie would have struggled to support herself in her old age. And the hotel offered an opportunity for guests to stay long-term and cheaply. Many other guests at Cecil Cecil Hotel became tenants and lived there for years. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can name hotels here that that do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're considered transients now yeah, but, well they are but they even have you know families live in them mm-hmm. oh yeah no i mean more than we'd like to you know more support. than it's it's quite sad it is so on december 20th 1975 a still unidentified woman fell from the 20th floor window onto the season that does say 12 sorry I was, I was thinking as I was saying it, I don't recall there being that many floors. <laughs> the 12th floor onto Cecil's second floor roof. She had registered at the hotel on December 16th under name Allison Lowell and was staying in room 327. Her estimated age is 20 to 30 years. Approximate height was 5'4", 118 pounds. Distinguished marks had brown hair, brown hazel eyes, multiple scars on both wrists. Wow. Uh, she had a blue sweater a second sweater, a blue sweater, purple and black, navy blue pants, navy blue coat, black shoes, and a beige bra, a black purse, and a yellow metal key. Her, um, nothing else was really available. No other distinguishing marks. And they no just- other, no other belongings. Mm-hmm. The victim registered in room November, November, good grief, number 327 of the Cecil Hotel in Los Angeles on December 16th, 1975 at 12.05. She checked into the hotel under Allison Lowell, a Greyhound bus ticket purchased in Bakersfield, California on 12.15 was found on the dresser of the room. No ID papers found in the room or- um, On her body. Yeah. So on December 20th, 1975, she fell or jumped from the 12th window onto the second floor. So now, remember how I mentioned some creepy guests? yeah well here's one for I mean, the, up to this point it's just been dismal yeah and sad 
well god that's like the worst hotel yes well it's about to get worse i mean just like oh i don't want to stay there so this not just that but oh my lord it's like seems like it's and i mean i'm not even thinking about all the hundreds and thousands of happy people that were there i guess right yeah so serial killer richard ramirez oh god he's creepy too yeah the night stalker lived in a room on on the top floor of the hotel for 14 dollars a night so with the bodies of overdosing addicts frequently found in and around the hotel the night stalker never raised any suspicions at the cecil after he committed murder he simply threw the bloody clothing into the hotel dumpster and would walk away walk through the hotel naked never raised any eyebrows since the hotel was at this point a total was total out and out caught uh chaos so naked people were wandering around all the time okay this is just weird <laughs> this is just weird mm-hmm. and in 1991 another serial killer jack unterweger i've never heard of him i have not even also stayed at the cecil in public jack was a respected austrian journalist and television host however in reality he was a brutal murderer who strangled at least 10 women in June of 1991, Jack was sent to Los Angeles by, the Austri- by an Austrian magazine to research a story about crime, particularly prostitution, in the California. In California, he went on a ride along with police, interviewed many people, including the police, about the crime in the city, and he also also used the opportunity to murder three sex workers during. Whoa! Now that might be a good one to do. <laughs> that might be. Whoa. Yes. Now, did he kill all those 10 women? Were they killed in California or just throughout? That I don't know. Okay. See, we should, I'm going to write his name down for future yeah. reference. Because the area around the Cecil Hotel was popular with prostitutes, Jack found it to be the prime spot to locate his victims. He claimed to have dated the hotel recep- receptionist while there. So here we are in 1992. On September 1st, 1992, an unidentified African-American man was found dead in the alley behind the hotel. Authorities believe that the decedent either fell from or jumped from the hotel and or was pushed from the hotel's 15th floor. I know. At the time of his death, he was five feet, nine inches tall and weighed around 185 pounds. He was wearing blue sweatpants, a black sweatshirt over a gray t-shirt. The LA coroner's office placed the, his age around uh, 20 to 32 years. I mean, that seems like kind of a big gap. <laughs> his identity was never established. So that's unsolved. That's bad. Yeah. So let's fast forward about 10, nine to 10 years. In 2011. That's, that's 20 years. wait a minute here no that's That's 11 so 19 years 19 years so the cecil hotel went under um was rebranded as the stay on main i see that as like the stay like it's like jazz stuff like it sounds kind of edgy and stay on main like you know kind of hipster sort of yeah yeah for its long history, the Cecil Hotel has been drenched in death. Above the check-in desk is an old clock with its hands permanently stuck on 527. It's still un- it's still known as the suicide. And there are countless stories instead of the Cecil, the suicide. 
countless stories of cold spots, shadowy figures seen in the hotel. And in 2014, a ghost photograph showing a shadowy figure at a window of the Cecil Hotel, looking like it was about to jump, that appeared online. Now, who knows if it was doctored or not. There are several stories of people staying um, in the hotel that say they have seen Elizabeth Short in the hotel and others who report feeling like they're being watched. However, the revamp did nothing to shake off the hotel's seemingly magnetic attraction to death. Since two more deaths have been reported since. Well, I mean, they should just embrace that. There are people that go to that, you know, uh-huh. I mean, they could turn that into like a tourist. Of course, you'd have to go to Skid Row to get there, but yeah. So the mystery behind the 2013 death of Elisa Lamb is deserving an entire, obviously an article or a podcast on her own. Okay. And this is the one that the series on Netflix yeah. is on. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, are you gonna? Is this a spoiler alert, or do we learn? Yeah, this, this would be a spoiler on? alert. So spoiler if alert! If you want to watch that Netflix episode, uh, you might want to come back to this after you watch it. Yes, because I'm, you know, I'm likely you're gonna write it for us. All right. Go yeah, ahead. and I'm, and I'm just, you know, I'm not. Obviously, I did not research a lot into her. Like no. I just. You know, yeah. I got, um, and you'll see in the notes, I got a lot from newspapers.com and um, a couple of different other sites. So on January 31st, Elisa Lamb, also known by her Cantonese name, Lam Ho Yi, I do not know how to say that, was due to check out of the Cecil to make her way to Santa Cruz, but she didn't call home and she always called home, like every day, called her parents. How old is she? Oh, I did not put her age. She was 32, I believe. I could be wrong by that. She was, I mean, I might be way off, but for some reason I'm thinking that she. All right, I'll look it up. Is, uh, she's 21. I was way wrong. Okay. So she's 21 when she disappeared. And her parents became very worried because she'd call home every day. And when she didn't, they started to fear that something was really wrong. So they called the police. Interest in her disappearance spiked once video surveillance or video footage from the hotel was released online. The video shows her still in the hotel on February 1st in what is believed to be her final moments. And, and it is kind of unnerving. It's the, it's the one where like, she's getting on and off the elevator. You've probably seen it. She like get, would go off the elevator, get back on the elevator, off the elevator, get back on the elevators. It is kind of like, it's just kind of weird. So she's actually doing that. They're not like playing the, clip over and over and no over. like she gets off gets on gets off gets on so the footage has been extensively scrutinized online of course it has typically the internet did its best to kind of like debate theories you know internet people kind of like don't fuck with cats those people yes, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and there were many different claims of, solved that case though they did yeah but there was many cases of paranormal involvement, elevator games, a supernatural game, which players believe the elevator can take you to another world. What? Uh, witchcraft, drugs, psychotic breaks. I mean, oh, all- what? first of all, but why was she there? I think she was visiting someone. Because if I were, you know, if I was a 21 year old girl, I would not stay somewhere where I did not feel safe unless that was maybe my lifestyle. Well, and I know that she had like a blog and um, I think she traveled a lot and that's just like what she did. Okay. She would blog about her. I know that she had a blog, 
but I'm not real sure exactly what she was doing there. Um, Once it was discovered that she suffered from mainly bipolar, bipolar, the theory, like, uh, I guess it kind of substantiated her weird behavior in the video. So her toxicology reports, once she's found and they come back, um, were completely clean. Wow. She wasn't under the influence of any drugs or alcohol. Some viewers of this video argue that the video must have been tampered with before because she looks kind of like she might be intoxicated in the video. But if she had severe bipolar, I mean, she could, I mean, even when you're medicated, you can always have a manic moment. Um, So on September 19th, her, her naked body was found in one of the 4,000 gallon tanks on the hotel's roof that provided water to the guest. Oh my God. A kitchen. Oh my God. A coffee shop. After residents complained about the quality. Oh my God. Oh my God. Accompanied by low water pressure, her clothing was found in the tank with her. Oh my God. That is disgusting. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, that is awful for everyone involved in that. Yes. Could you imagine? Oh, I don't think I, I want to know that information. I don't want to know if I was. Just- I, oh my God. Okay. That's gross. Okay. I just had to take a moment of silence for a second. I know, honestly. And I feel, I feel awful saying that's gross because, you know, yes, this yes. woman lost her life, but yes. I can't, I could not imagine like knowing that I drank decomposition. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. God bless her. Are you laughing? <laughs> mm. I was more laughing at my, my outburst. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the chief engineer of the hotel noted that there are only four ways to get on the roof. Three fire escapes, which you can get via interior doors and one staircase from the 14th floor. An alarm will sound if someone attempts to open the door to the roof. Something that only hotel employees would be able to do. Mm-hmm. If the alarm sounds, it's audible to the front desk as well as 14th and 15th floors. So once on the floor, you would first have to climb up a platform to its tank to sit on. Once on the roof. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said floor. Oh, sorry. Um, then squeeze between them after pumping equipment like uh, and other pumping equipment to get to the ladder. So you'd have to squeeze through the tanks and other, you know, what it's not something you can easily get to is the point. Uh-huh. Um, and then you could use the ladder to use to climb one of the four cisterns, cisterns, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Each has a heavy metal lid, which you would need to be able to open before you could get inside. I mean. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I also find it hard to believe that they do have video of her getting it on and off the elevator numerous times, but n- but no video of her going to Anywhere the else. So they don't have video camera. I bet they do now, yeah. but they have those water things. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. So oh, in another I weird twist. form a complete sentence right now. I know. So in a weird twist. I'm watching this ASAP. Yeah. I'm going to watch it right after. Uh-huh. Lamb's tum- Tumblr blog yep. was updated after her death. No, her, her phone was not found with or by her body or in her hotel room. It is assumed that it was stolen at some point around her death. Whether the continued updates on her blog were facilitated by the thief of her phone, the work of a hacker, or through Tumblr's Q option, which allows users to schedule posts to automatically publish. It, that's not known. But I mean, 
that's probably what happened i would be surprised that they couldn't tell look at that because like when we schedule our podcasts mm-hmm. i mean they would be able to go in you would think and look up your ip address or see where your location was or maybe now but maybe not you know in 2013 so um here's a reddit little clip it says one reddit poster pointed out she died february 13th posts were made more than oh, she died february 2013. 2013 posts were made for 10 more months randomly skipping may and then july and november then back to december you'd think she'd set a post queue almost a year in advance yeah probably not with no rhyme or reason it's not like she up- uploaded weekly hmm. true unless she just you know said i'll go back and and reschedule these later or maybe she was like playing around with it and i mean i don't know mm-hmm. on june 13th 2015 the body of a 28 year old man was found outside of the hotel some believe he may have committed suicide by jumping from the hotel shocking i know Although a spokesperson for the county coroner informed the LA Times that the cause of death had not been determined. A man who identified himself as the assistant manager of the Cecil said the man who died was not a guest, but declined to provide any more details. Wow. So before I wrap this shindig up, here are some other interesting facts about the Cecil Hotel. You two performed an impromptu live concert in 1987 on the rooftop of one story building next to the Cecil. The performance was filmed and released as a music video for the release of this band's song, Where the Streets Have No Name. Huh. And so the Cecil Hotel is in the background. The Cecil Hotel is also known as inspiration for Barton and Fink. I never, I didn't know what that was. Barton Bar- Fink. So I had, to, I had to totally look that up. Barton, Barton Fink is a 1991 American period black comedy psychological thriller film written produced edited and directed by the coen brothers and i like the coen brothers but i haven't heard that it was set in 1941 and it stars john turo in the title as a young new york playwright new york city playwright who was hired to write scripts for a film studio in hollywood and John Goodman as Charlie Meadows, the insurance salesman who lives next door at a rundown Hotel Earl. The hotel can be seen in the background of a Blink-182 film, The Rock Show, and they also throw money down to their fans below from a single-story rooftop located next door. Wow. There's, okay, so that was very interesting, and I appreciate that because it was different, and after the last five weeks of those freaking douchebags that i had to deal with oh my gosh yeah and all the awfulness like this was awful but it was kind of refreshing like yeah yeah. you know just touching on little things that oh i can't wait to go watch this series now i'm I'm gonna watch it right now and and so we've got a couple of uh options that we could do if we get stuck for other murders like like the johan jack Mm -hmm. unterweger Yes. And if you okay. can hear my husband ripping open the dog food package and feeding it, I thought you were going to say he would rip it up. Apologize. Okay. Well, you know, the dog's got to eat. I know, but everything and... seems supporting. Yes, it does. <laughs> and you're, you know, and you have that loft that you're in there. You're up in that lofty room, which we thought so was maybe you need really to go in the pod burgers. closet. Yeah. No, you're not into the pod closet. No, I'm not in the pod closet today. You had, I know, but you should be because you had a nice little setup when we were doing in there in the earlier episodes and they sounded good too. Remember? Yeah, they did. did. It's always an option. 
whatever. Well, thank you, Cindy, so much. That was really fun. And um, hey, guys, we thank you guys so much for listening to this week's murder. We appreciate sharing our passion with you and we thank you for your support. If you'd like to support us even further, please consider subscribing to our podcast and giving us a five-star rating and a comment. Your subscription and ratings are essential to our success. Ooh, you can do this on your favorite platform. And for more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, visit our website at itwasntmetruecrime.com. Yes, thank you. We are so grateful to spend our time together and share our murder stories. Thank you so much for your support. Please recommend It Wasn't Me to your true crime-loving friends and family. Also, thank you to our Patreon supporters. You are the extra. You too can become one of our beloved patrons by signing up at patreon.com forward slash it wasn't me pod. Thanks again, guys. And remember, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. me.